Looking for work, better pay, better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome into the drive here on 93. Mark Ennis, Tyler Griever. We're keeping you on your toes this week. We had uh, every single day this week, we've had one of you who is known, but on a different day than you typically are. And we will keep that up basically until uh, Friday these weeks. Uh, next man up, right? These weeks where everything gets jumbled. We do what we got to do here, Tyler. Thanks for, uh, for joining us with us today here, buddy. How are you? I'm good. You know, we're really just trying to keep it interesting and keep everybody guessing. What Mark didn't say is that we just drew it out of a hat at the beginning of the week uh and actually in this case it's more of just who drew the shortest straw to have to do this show with you and then we all just fight about which day we can make work so that's why we're here have to do this show that's great i like that i like that (laughs) that's what they always tell you like motivational techniques they're like you have to learn you have to uh, change things and and get to it i get to yeah instead of i have to yep but i think we would be lying to all of you and i think pretty much all of you would pick that lie out immediately if we came on here with a get-to mindset uh, about this one yep. uh, after the way things went last night. We had said uh, at various times throughout the week after the Florida State game this weekend that I was totally okay with you. Well, not you, Tyler. You, the the watcher, the fan. If <laughs> okay. you saw the way the, the second edition of the Florida State game went – Uh, and then compared it to the first one, which was very lopsided. If you looked at those and said, I see progress. I think that that was a, that was a rational way of looking at uh, the way those two games went. And then I said, I wonder if we'll, we'll look at this the exact same way if they do something similar with the pit game, especially because I think Pitt came into last night's game with more confidence after the, the you know they'd been sort of been able to go toe to toe with with North Carolina and some others, like they're they're playing better basketball and they know they're playing better basketball and there was there was some real life in that arena last night and so if I went into it thinking to myself like if Louisville plays even if they don't win if 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 they make Pitt earn it and the energy level stays the same like I felt like it did against Florida State, I I could see. The team sort of is starting to round into to a different shape, a better shape. And Tyler, they went up there and laid one of the worst 
eggs of the season, and that is saying something. I was profoundly disappointed by everything last night. Yeah, I'm going to use a phrase for not just them, but Kentucky as well, because I was at that game last night with Arkansas. I think that this can be very simply put. Louisville and Kentucky both got punked last night, and there ain't no way around that. Uh, We'll start it with Louisville in that the reason you mentioned like the reason for, for progress or hope from what you saw last week, everybody is aware that Georgia Tech and Florida State are not good basketball teams. Nobody needs to be reminded of that. However, Louisville has been markedly worse even than those two teams. And for them to show any bit of promise in either game was something to to at least take note of and be like, all right, is this going to be, is some sort of switch coming? Is something clicking? Whatever. And Pitt was a good test of that because Pitt, number one, is actually a, a decent team, a good team, and a bad ACC this year. Uh, they are in line to make the tournament. They have a pretty solid quad one record this season. But beyond that, the way they play, the swagger with which they play, they talk a lot, they celebrate a lot. I mean, heck, they talk trash to Kenny on the Um Center court when they came here and beat Louisville the first time. So I thought it would have been a really great test of like, okay, how do you respond to that? Like when they're they're going to talk when they hit shots, they're going to hit you in the mouth a couple times, and how are you going to respond to that? And like the only encouraging part of the game was like I think it, it was about fourteen fourteen seventeen fourteen something like that. There's some back and forth going on, and then that big run comes, and Louisville takes a haymaker and just looks like it has no interest in giving one back at all at, at various points in the game. You had a thread of different plays that illustrate a lack of effort, spirit, toughness, that sort of thing. I watched, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I was going to rewatch the whole game today or just watch it because I covered the Kentucky game last night. I got through a half. I got through the first half and I was like, what more do you need to watch of this? This is the same thing you've seen in various games this year. So just the absence of, frankly, either being pissed off or a lack of pride for a team that's already beat the crap out of you once this season to come out again and put on a worse performance is just I I don't really know how you spin that at all off of that game There, there is no positive spin out of last night's game although at after the first break I will invite anyone who wishes to to do so and that's, I'm open to it. Well, I think it's you know, like how, but, you know what you and I have talked about multiple times is that where are they better? Like that, that's that's what I just keep coming back to over and over and over again. Like the, the numbers are the numbers, we get that. But if there was a culture that was instilled, like the whole point of a culture is to take pride in it and show that proverbial fight we have referenced so many times throughout this year, and none of that was on display last night, Mark. No, I I think you're right. I think what you were hoping for is obviously some wins. I think you were hoping for, as a Louisville fan last night, that it wasn't the case that the last two games in particular were more encouraging uh, or or that, that it was fake because you played two of the other worst teams in the ACC. What you were hoping for is those guys came along, but they developed a little 
little confidence, style of plays maybe kind of settling in a little bit. And even if they're not going to necessarily win a whole lot more of these games, they're just not getting curb stomped like they have so often uh, this year. And instead, they got curber stomped. Like it was, it was one to me. It was one of the the worst ones of the year. So it, it felt like kind of a new low. And in a weird way, like the first pit game felt like a new low because of what it represented. This one felt like a new low in that I thought Pitt took the floor and the players all acted like, played at Louisville like, I have nothing to be afraid of. You know, and I would imagine Kenny, uh, I would hope, and I do think this, you know, sits over there and watches that film and is humiliated by what what other teams seem to think of his team. And I know Jeff Capel did the, the post-game press conference last time and said, you know, compared to a year ago, that was a team that had quit. This team hasn't quit. I, maybe he says that in public. His team took the floor knowing five good minutes of effort and we'll punk these guys. That's exactly what happened. It was, it was abysmal last night. There aren't words for it. Well, I think it was jarring in that, the one of the the signs, if you will, of supposed growth or improvement is when that big run starts. That pick goes on, and I, I think it was like twenty four to three, something like. I don't have the exact number on it, but you know what it is. You've watched the games enough this year. You don't even have to have the numbers. You just know what it looks like. The sign of growth would have been cutting into that, like initially, or or getting an initial punch back early on when, when that's starting. But instead. Pitt sensed the fold in there. And they were like, all you got to do is just keep pushing for a few minutes, and, and then this is this is over. This is over before halftime. And so many of the things about either you know getting back on defense or the, the play that, look, there's two plays that are going to live in infamy from this Louisville season. And I know, like, it, it, and they both came against Pitt, which is amazing. The pass. Okay, so that, what would you say is the first one? The first one is Jalen Withers throwing the pass off of Sidney Curry's back and the layup that Pitt got off the uh, def- I think they got a deep Louisville got a defensive rebound. It was at you know the first game at home. Withers throws the pass off his back. Yeah, the inbound pass off of Curry's back. He's not looking. Right. Yes, that one. And then the failed windmill attempt that somehow still turns into a three from the guy who just failed at a windmill. And the only guy back to even make an effort to stop it or, I don't even know, deter whatever word you want to use is L. Ellis. Those two plays will just define the disappointment and sheer embarrassment of this season. Yeah, I I think we need to spend a little bit of time on the play you were just talking about from this game. Because to me, it it represents almost perfectly in one play everything that's wrong with this team from from top to bottom you have and i think marcus did a great job talking about uh, marcus i know a lot of you are are kind of at your wits end with marcus he takes a real beating on jody's message board sometimes and it's it's not fair in this regard marcus knows a lot about basketball a lot and from a different perspective than anyone i've ever really been around uh total aside here i read yesterday that lengthy answer from bill belichick about 
what Tom Brady taught him. And, you know, he said, Tom Brady taught me to see the game as the quarterback sees the game, not as the coach sees the game. And Marcus and Luke, in particular, those two both, in the exact same way, are better than just about anybody I've encountered about talking about the games and practice and being a player and all this from the perspective of what it's like to be a player on the team and be a player on the team at Louisville. And so I, I thought today you got your money's worth out of Adam Marcus Maven. He he really got into like the weeds of what the players are doing wrong. And and that there's there's a lot there. But this play in particular, it starts with a dribble handoff and you let a guy get in between you on a dribble handoff, which means you're just being casual. It's like it's almost impossible to have someone get a hand in and steal a handoff without fouling. Mm-hmm. And yet if you're if you're sloppy and if you're casual they will, and they did. And you have a pit player who then has a run out and attempts a windmill, which says, I don't even think the player I stole the ball from is behind me, and if they are, they're not a threat. Because you gotta you gotta reach that ball back on a windmill. Yeah. And that I mean that's him advertising to everybody. And if I'm L. Ellis, you know. Uh, you watch that film and you look at this and say, that dude's not afraid of me at all. He attempts to win it, doesn't make it, gets the offensive rebound and hits a three. And by the time the offensive rebound is, is grabbed by him and he hits the three, one additional Louisville player has made it onto the screen yep. when it happens. And so you have sloppy fundamentals complete lack of fear of Louisville at, or respect for Louisville at all by the other team, horrendous effort, and a play that not only is three points instead of two, but it's embarrassing. It is humiliating uh, that it happens. And like it or not, guys, all of it reflects on the people who are in charge of the team. And we're really far into the year to have a play like that happen. That's the kind of play that I would have expected last year with a staff that you're ready to get rid of not with a new one that you've brought in to fix the problems and so to me like that play captured everything that's been wrong with this whole year so the biggest issue with everything that you just said not in that what you said is correct it's total you're totally on point problem is mark it's not just it's not just one play like there's a there's so many from so many games that we could pick from. I mean, even just from this game alone, like you had a thread going on Twitter. I start watching the game. I noticed the play. People could text in plays that they watched during the game. That It's literally making people turn the game off at a point. It's not the losing that, that makes people turn the game off. It's not losing that discourages people from going to games. It's, it's not these merely com- losing. No, it's it's the right. way you do it. It's it's the it's just the, the how lack, as much as the what. It's the lack of overall, you know, passion, fight, concern, whatever you want to use for this, and, and that's what is so on display in just way too many of these blowout losses. That Louisville, this just losses like this really just don't happen at a program like Louisville. They don't, and if they do, they're they're a rare occurrence, not a repeated 
occurrence during this whole season. So it, it's the fact that you're this deep into the year and I can't draw any other conclusion nowadays at this point in time than like, I mean, guys just want this to end. And I, I can't, you know, and I know last week we, we spent time talking about you enjoy a win when you get one. That point can still stand. Absolutely. You win a game, you can enjoy it. Just because this stuff happens doesn't mean you can't do that. But the, I think the whole conversation you and I tried to have off of that is like, take the feeling that you have from that, the joy, whatever, the enjoyment of it, and use that as a motivating factor moving forward. And that's just not happening. It's not happening at all. Um, and, and the thing that I continue to to not really understand, it, 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 we've talked about this with the culture point before, is like, if guys aren't living up to the culture standard you've set, then why are they continuing to get big playing time or starting spot? I, I just don't get that at all. Because if Devin Reed and Fabio Basile are that bad in practice, and you and I have stated this before, then like, what exactly, what's the evaluation of what's going on in the real games? Because there's multiple offenders here who it's just like, okay, that looks like that should probably get you on the bench. Yeah, that's the, I think that one thing I'm sure of, Tyler, in watching, none of us have experience in watching a Louisville men's basketball team that looks like this. There has never been one. So we're all going through this for the first time. But uh, think about this as like the the inverse of what Jeff Wall said the other day where he's like, the Louisville fans, and Jeff knows, Louisville fans will be there. They will cheer along if they think they're getting their best effort from you. That's all anyone really asks. You'll lose the casuals if they don't think you're going to win. That's fine. But you're going to get a really good, really big, really passionate core of people who live and die with you if they feel like you also are living and dying with the outcome of the game. But everyone is made furious if they get the opposite. So, yes, you will get support from everyone, including us, if you give them almost just breadcrumbs to go on. You will get support. You will get enthusiasm you will get cheering you will get whatever you you need but when when you play like they did last night it's in it, it, it infuriates people to watch it and it feels like you're doing it to them when you just sit down and try to watch a team that, you, that represents you not try not try and I don't know how else to describe what I saw last night than a whole bunch of guys who don't try and then Mike James and Emmanuel LaCour for. That's what that was last night. And I, I don't care about the origin story of this team at all. Right now, uh, at this point, I don't. I don't want to hear about he'd never been a head coach. I don't want to hear about they didn't get anybody in the – whatever. The guys that he has – are not even playing hard to say nothing of everything else. And this is what bothers me. I had this goober last night on Twitter, uh, and he's called in before. And I, Hell, I hope you're listening, Blandon, saying they, they haven't quit. They're fighting. They're not quitting, but nobody got anything out of these guys. And then he spent a lot of time talking about Chris Mack, which is a weird way of saying I think Blandon is actually Jerry Eves. But 
it's weird to, for us to even have to entertain these conversations where it's like they haven't quit. Guys, they didn't quit last night. That's exactly right. They didn't quit. Because you have to start to quit. And they didn't, they didn't start last night. Sidney Curry jogs and has Nike Sabandi outrun him and catch a lob for a dunk before the first TV timeout last night. That's not fatigue, and that's not that. That is don't care, don't have pride, and don't feel the need to show out or sort of protect anything about any of this. And that's when you start really losing people in mass. Well, and, and something that was kind of interesting to me was the very literally the very first play of the game was an effort play. Louisville lost the tip. L. Ellis sprints to the sideline, gets it off of a pit, throws the ball off a pit guy, it's out of bounds, and Louisville gets that first possession. And I said, like, if you would have watched this game and saw a play like that, you'd been like, all right, maybe there's going to be some, some effort here, some fight. To have something like that, and I'm not suggesting like that that's, that's some big play or something, but it's just one example of like what you should be doing. And then we're sitting here breaking down a whole thread of various plays from this game where where guys are just not even like I'm not saying if if they would have ran back the dunk doesn't happen or the three doesn't happen or whatever but at least most people could be like all right that guy's just sprinting all out to even try it even if it's just a foul something to give and and I think that's why you could tell Okorafor resonates with not only people here when when they watch him, but why Kenny talks about him the, the way he does is because, yeah, I think Emmanuel Okorafor is going to get called for some moving screens. He's going to get called for some fouls that that are probably just, you know, that just shouldn't happen. But at the same time, it's all coming from a place of like the guy's just trying hard. At least, hell, I, I watch him set a screen. And I'm like, you know what? That's a hard screen. How many hard screens have I seen this year from a roster full of bigs? Not that many, to be honest. And that leads me to say, like, the rotation just has to change. Like, it needs to be a, okay, if there's one play where it's slow or lack of effort or whatever, you got to come off the court. Like, I, I don't get how there's not a an accountability directive right now at this point. Or not even right now. It should have been earlier. It should have been a lot earlier. Um and that's just what I continue to fail to understand is how guys can start or get significant minutes or whatever when it's just so readily on display every single or not every single game because last week you saw some flashes, but for a majority of games this season. Yeah, that is, I think, the 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 disappointment for a lot of people is just the the effort le- like there was no innocent explanation for any of the the effort level things and if you are someone who who you know who thinks the issue is the entire uh, the, you know, the the roster's a problem and and no coach could get more out of this a, a group of players and that sort of thing uh, last night last night was so much more than that and, and it's everyone. It's not just the holdover players. And if it is the holdover players who are a big part of the problem, let's see the other guys. 
you know, that's why I think you keep kind of you know, hinting at the, the the rotation has got to change. Nothing like no series of like inputs that I ever lay out like makes sense, Tyler, of, what, of what's happening. Okay, the holdover guys are a problem, but I play them the majority of the time because the right. other guys aren't ready. Yep. But then the guys that you say are, or at least I guess, ready or, or do do more of what you want to practice, do less of what you want to see in a game. Or how could it possibly be – like, nothing's consistent with what someone else ever says is the issue besides they're really doing a bad job getting this team ready to play. As I've said multiple times before, and I don't think this is a profound statement, it's just kind of the reality of it, you don't get to be this bad when, like, one side of the equation fails. This is an all-systems, everybody-involved failure. Like, everybody has to take some sort of accountability. And and, and again, I know this is probably going to start today, which is totally different than last week. But people talking about, you know, that the we're being negative, and that's depressing. It's like, talk about the fans supporting the program still and the recruits who came and all that. Like, we guys, we've talked about all that. <laughs> Just, excuse me. Baseline level here. We have discussed that at length. I give... Louisville fans a lot of credit this season for showing up and trying to support the team through some runs and and games. You can hear the noise level pick up uh, when they can sense some hope in there. But it's it's just our job to call this how it is. And and I can't – you can't go through a season this poor as one of the worst power conference teams we have ever seen. We're beyond – like throw out the the recent window or in the past 10 years or whatever this is one of the worst power conference teams we we have ever seen in college basketball you cannot watch that and be like oh yeah it's a's fault not b's it's just a's no that's completely nonsensical 38 31 93 9 for the uh, ups jobs text line we're talking uh, i've seen this a lot and i i'm, I'm kind of tired of it honestly uh, we've seen this uh, quite a bit uh, where people say, hey, this team was really bad down the stretch. Yeah, they were. They lost games down the stretch last year. They lost They lost to Duke last year by nine at, right, uh, at the end of January a year ago. They lost to Carolina in overtime with an interim coach. You know, they lost to Notre Dame last year at Notre Dame by six. They lost to Miami by seven. They lost to North Carolina at North Carolina by seven. Now they lost to Wake by 22, but they, you know, they lost to Wake. They and then when they got annihilated by Virginia Tech, who badly needed to win, but they came home. They lost to Virginia by 10, and they lost to Virginia in the ACC tournament by one, and actually won an ACC tournament game. Guys, nothing about last year. They finished last year on on defense 114th, on offense 173rd or something. They're in the 300s in all of this. But more than anything else, nothing is is changed or has grown. There's from from the opening tip to now, the only thing that has changed about this team from the Lenoir Ryan game to now is Emmanuel Okorafor joining the team. That is the only thing that has substantially and like permanently changed and so texture you can text in and say we're negative whatever whatever you tell me how you'd like to describe this team i'm going to read the text that i'm talking about you guys negativity is depressing and simply beating a dead horse 
Did you guys ever even bring up the recruits that visited during the FSU game? We did. And what they thought of our fans supporting a three-win team? I did. And I just did again. Seems you all are trying to turn fans against the team. I don't see where you are going other than calling for KP's job. I'm sorry to break this to you, Texture. Losing by 5,000 to Pitt is what turns people against the team. Not us talking about the fact that they lost by 37 or whatever, 34 to Pitt last night. We, talking about the actual things that happened, are not the negativity. The things are the negativity. And they don't get better. That's what turns people against the team, not us. Yeah, I think the way I would summarize that is, could everybody just draw their own conclusions watching the games themselves without us even being on here for three hours talking about it? Like, I we've talked at length before about fans in this area, and I totally believe it, being very smart basketball folks. They, they live and die watching this program and even not not even just this program just watching college basketball with the we've talked about the ratings before with March Madness and all of this you guys can see all of that for yourselves and most of you do when you come in and talk about this when you want to text in or, or call in or whatever else so just call and, and then the the funny thing about it is to me is like when something good does happen like they beat, you know, they beat Georgia Tech last week, and there's a video of uh, the players just celebrating a win, not even a crazy one, just a, they're just dancing in the locker room. That turns into something else entirely. It's it's it, there's a big, not a big backlash, but there's a there's a group coming against that, and it's just like, I think it's an overall message of like, look, everybody gets it. This season is miserable, no matter what happens. And the worst part of it, above all else, is that like anybody, any fan is just looking to grasp like a string of hope or positivity or pride or something out of it. And it speaks volumes that like you, you kind of like, what, what do you grasp at? I don't know. I can't sit here like, yeah, Mike James, I think he's a good player. L. Ellis, he, I think he's doing what he can. Emmanuel Corfor is is fun to watch come in and, and give some effort here and there. But it's like that's just like you are grasping for straws at this point when we're, when we're looking at the record, the margin of defeat in a lot of these games. Somebody wanted to say that the, the ACC is, is better than we're giving it credit for. And I'm like, I, pff, how? This is, That's another thing for me. This is a historically bad team. In a in an ACC that's just not good, I think there are. If I'm reading this correctly right now, there are three ACC teams. Excuse me, four ACC teams that do not have a losing quad one record. So they're either at 500 or above. The rest of them all under 500 against quad one teams. The defending national champions, yet yeah, they're not good either. They were preseason number one. They're not good. We've watched them. They got the crap beat out of them by Wake for a majority of the game. Well, I don't know if the final score of that was, but like, goodness gracious, the, the conference is terrible. And this team is still worse than, than everybody else in the conference. Let's take a quick break here. 
And uh, when we come back, I want to uh, let you guys begin to react to, to last night. And then I've got two kind of other like really big things coming out of this game. One, something that I'm hearing a lot of people saying that I just don't understand where that's coming from at all. And then something that Kenny said after the game that that I also don't understand at all. And I'm kind of curious what you think about it uh, as well here. So we'll do all that. We'll take your calls, your text here on the drive on the bell. Be right back. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition, and I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift, five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it, but then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Tyler Griever. We'll go ahead and open up these phone lines. 8150-939-3831-939 for the UPS Jobs text line. You can uh, hit us up that way as well i wanted to play this for you tyler this was uh kenny after the game uh last night talking about l ellis who had uh, after showing what i thought was like far more defensive in particular passion and energy than than we'd really seen all year from him uh and kenny even kind of you know, calling it out and saying like i was glad to see that after florida state glad to see him look desperate because he tends to coast on defense Saying it out, you know, the quiet part kind of out loud there. Uh, last night, he coasted the whole game. There's really no other way to describe it. I've already tweeted the clip of him moving out of the way of the guy attacking the basket, uh, not chasing the guy down after they stole the dribble handoff from him. And, and, and Kenny was asked after the game about L and his frustrations. And in, in the course of answering, says something, and I want you to clarify what you think he's saying, and then we got to talk about what it might mean. Uh, for the teams of uh, Avery, if we could go ahead and play Kenny after the game, I guess what a number four here. If you could play that real quick, I appreciate it. I'm not worried about L bouncing back. He will bounce back. He's a competitor. He wants to be well. He wants to play well. He wants to do the right things. He's a competitor. Probably right now, like me, he's embarrassed because look, there's another way of saying it. When you're on the basketball court and the team is just punching you and punching you and punching you and you come down and there's five or six possessions in a row where guys can't remember to play or don't know to play, it's frustrating. And L went through some of those frustrations tonight. Todd, that's one of those answers where he's trying to tell you about what, what is frustrating perhaps L. Ellis and really tells on a whole lot more people than that uh, with that answer. So my first question to you is, when he says five or six possessions in a row, guys can't remember or don't know the play, 
what are we talking about here? Because there's there's not a there's not a great interpretation of that. But it sounds to me like he could either be saying guys don't know the play I like don't remember what I just told them to run or guys don't know these plays at all five six possessions in a row what do you first of all what do you think he was saying there well either result of that is not good so we can just cover that base right off the bat either way Guys not knowing what they're running for five or six possessions in a row, I think something like that can only happen at this point in the season, which is, again, ridiculous after this many games. It just has to come down to a lack of basic understanding of like what they are trying to do or what they want to do. Like I, I don't view it in... I think it's hard to view that in the prism of one game. You know, because if, if the mistake is is repeated as often as he said it was for that long, that suggests just a season long issue. And it's like, look, we've seen LL was frustrated before. It's last night, yeah, you, you could tell in a lot of different scenarios, but I've seen him get frustrated with guys being in the wrong place and, and trying to to tell them where to be. And and something that stands out to me a lot about Louisville when they look their worst is they're so stagnant on offense. And and I struggle with like okay, is is there some sort of this can't there can't be a design to this, right? This looks like a bunch of guys who either don't know what they're doing or don't care what it is that they're being instructed to do or run. Because it often just looks like a bunch of guys standing around the arc until somebody decides to dribble, drive and try to get a basket. So, I mean, hell, you and I have talked multiple times before about the scheme and the plays, and I was like, okay, what what are those? Like, are, are can can you put a finger on that from watching this year? Because I, I really don't, I still don't have a grasp on that this deep in the season. Yeah, uh, listen, I I wouldn't say that I I think I know what they're trying to do all that much uh, either, but. There isn't a good interpretation for Kenny Payne saying we tonight strung together five or six possessions in a row where guys don't remember the play or don't know the play. And, and this is where I beg all of you who are uh, dug in that, that Kenny is just not on the hook for any of this to please listen to yourself when you do this. I also think there like I don't think that any great coach was going to just like make the final four with this roster. I really don't. If Rick Pitino coached these guys, they're not going to the final four. But, but then they're going they're going to know the plays. And this is where I kind of beg those of you like that Ellis who I guess called last night the post game show which is hilarious cuz a number of you texted or or tweeted at me that Ellis was was back at it last night or Blandon or, or or whoever else what do you think Kenny means when he says these guys don't know the plays and and here's why I think that that's a, that's a big deal if we're not if the holdovers are the problem and we're not seeing Fabio we're not seeing Devin Ree 
know, we're not seeing guys who are brand new and haven't been hurt or jaded or whatever else you want to say about the guys who were the holdovers. But we are seeing guys who don't know the plays. Why not let us see the new guys who also don't apparently don't know the plays? You know, like what what are you saving us from or saving them from that we're not already getting from the holdovers? You yourself just said we played a whole TV segment. Five, six possessions is a lot of is a lot of basketball. Like that's it. It's an unbelievable thing to say out loud for a head coach. But you're talking about guys playing who you're saying don't remember or don't know the plays. Well, then why not let the new guys also get out there and not know the plays? At least you're banking something when you do that. Well, I think a, a texter actually just kind of covered what you were saying, and I think they did did this pretty well with two texts, and I'll, I'll read them because I think this is solid. Let's put the fact that the players don't know the plays at this point in the season aside for a minute. The fact that a player was allowed to stay on the floor after that many possessions of not knowing what's going on is the bigger issue to me. If a player is on the floor after two or three possessions without knowing the set or plays, there has to be a coach able to diagnose that and get a player on the floor who knows what offense they are running. It's pretty reasonable, no? I think it's entirely reasonable. It's I. That's the thing that I keep coming back to within this season is that you're waiting for some player to really emerge from all of this and, and be like a like who comes into the game for Louisville and you're like alright I feel a little bit like I feel a little bit better about where like there this is going to get executed better or wait man we really need a insert this here this guy's going to come in the game there's none of that because nobody nobody is grasping the the overall whatever scheme structure point of all of this is and the the only again i think that one of the main reasons people latch onto a core four who again last night in 20 minutes manual core four six points six rebounds four blocks in 20 minutes Four of those rebounds were offensive rebounds. The reason people are latching on to that is because Emmanuel Corfor is just given a basic, like, hey, I'll just go out there and play hard. Is that, that doesn't take, like, a grasping of anything. That doesn't take understanding schemes or anything like that. That's just going out there and, and giving it all you have. So that's another point for me with, with this roster is that, like, I do, the only defined, like, role of anybody is, like, L, you're going to have the ball. Figure out, we'll figure out what to do from there. But that's pretty much it. 8150-939. That's uh, the number if you would like to get in here. 3831-939. If you want to hit us on the UPS shop sex line. You know, I, I don't... I don't know what you do if you're Kenny uh, here. Like, let's just say, like, you got guys who don't know the plays here. You know, when like when we evaluate teachers, which is not an easy thing to do, so don't I'm not taking that lightly at all. But like, it, it, you know, if one class struggles with something, it might be that issue with that like with that group of kids. But like, if they struggle with everything, eventually we kind of turn our eyes and be like, teacher, are you sure you're good at teaching, right? Or or, or doing a good job teaching this? This might be, this might not be your thing uh, here. Like, it doesn't take very long to go from. If everyone's struggling, well, then we might not be delivering it particularly well. 
I don't know how it's possible that Louisville's basketball coach can put can leave I, I guess guys out there who don't know the place five six possessions in a row like this is Louisville basketball man what are we doing? Well, it's it, it comes back to something that I think you and I have, have touched on. I think everybody's touched on it because let's face it, guys. With, with the lengths to which everybody here covers this team in this city, I think almost every angle of this entire situation has probably been talked about at length. When when the record is three and you know, 21. We're not, we're not exactly revealing or breaking news to anybody here. So I empathize with all of you on that. But the, the initial just misdiagnosis of whatever this roster was going to be and catering to any sort of strength or how it should play or how do we try to make this easier, it just doesn't seem like there hasn't, there's been much of an attempt to do that. Like one of the best marks of a coach is to be able to, adjust and adapt a little bit and, and and I'm sorry you can do that while still building a culture like a, a culture is not tied into some like offensive set or a system it's an attitude it's it's it's, it's a belief all of that the system in, itself though if, if it's not fitting your guys and how you want to play then then you have to adjust and that had to be done way before we got to this point Oh, I, listen, I, I've tried to limit our discussions about this season to what the roster was like like from the day they had to start practicing and really not relitigate the portal, you know, and signing anybody or what have you. Just how did you do with the guys that you had this year? And I know Humley Hatfield is the only guy that's really had uh, an injury issue. Everyone else has been standard. And I think, like, the problem with the, the constant kind of mantra, like, he's trying to build a culture. He's trying to build a culture. Why does Sidney Curry – how is he a captain and then he's out of shape? And you describe him as, quote-unquote, fighting conditioning. Remember that? He's out of shape. He loafs badly in this game, not only getting beat down the court to where his man catches a – a lob and scores directly over him early in the game, so fatigue not a thing here. But there is a first-half possession where Louisville shoots a three and it goes off this kind of the rightish side of the rim. A number of you asked me to tweet a, a gif of this, and I did, where the ball goes off the kind of the right side of the rim. The Louisville guy shot it, and Sid just sort of makes a real half-ass attempt at just sort of following the ball, and it goes out of bounds, and that's the end of the possession. Knowing that if he doesn't get it, it's going to be pit ball. Guys, that's, that's not players who are behaving like they care or believe in what they're doing. And there isn't another team in the world where we look at this happening over and over and over again and say that none of it reflects on the guy that's in charge. Well, it, it to me, it just shows a lack of, I, I don't know if I want to use the word like fear of it, but like the, what, what's, the, what's the consequence of it? Because most of the time... You're going to be right back out there playing. The consequence at this point is it isn't another loss because those have piled up at a historic rate. So you kind of just get used to that, and that all comes back to the the culture building aspect of it. Where if this entire roster indeed does get flipped over for next season, which I think all of us reasonably expect, there's probably be a few guys back here or there. We'll see what happens, but now you're starting the the entire 
process of building it all again with new faces, hoping they will grasp whatever it is that you are, are trying to instill. And then what does it become if you're seeing some of the same issues again? Like then, then that accountability has to be taken and it, it needed to be taken already because I, again, I can understand some of these things happening early in the season, but 24 games in after You've already gotten routed so many times in, in conference, even before conference play, anything. Like, how is that like that message not sunk in yet? Well, and how is it but that, that you can't tell everyone you've got to be patient with us? I'm trying to establish something, trying to build something, and then give us the exact same thing every time. Like, I don't need, I mean, he didn't get called for it last night, but the same, um, stupid foul that Roosevelt Wheeler committed in the Georgia Tech game where he got called for a flagrant foul for basically just like smacking a guy in the head, trying to get him off of his arm. He did it last night in the pit game too. He he grabbed a guy, hooked a guy by the arm and flung him to the ground. It just happened that it happened right on an, uh, a defensive rebound and change of possession. But he did it again. And it, it kind of, it remi- like when I played high school football, I used to get, it'd be, uh, I was a tight end, I'd be holding all the time because I'd just be out of position. And they're like, stop holding, block the guy right. And he does that sort of thing all the time. And all of these things, I, Tyler, I thought about, and I just didn't have the, like, the real time to devote to it because it was a night game last night. If it had been a Saturday game, I might have done it. About just collecting a bunch of clips of us talking about other games this year and making that like the first five or ten minutes. And none yeah. of you would have been able to tell the difference at all. Yeah. Not one. And I that's... Agree. That's the biggest problem with this team. And I want to hear from you guys on the other side here. Our number one of the books on the drive when I found the bell.